Welcome to Diverse, the podcast of the Society of Women Engineers. SWE supports the advancement of women in engineering and technology. You can find all of our podcasts on SoundCloud, iTunes, and SWE's blog, All Together, at altogether.swe.org. Hi, this is Pearl Yamaguchi, and I'm here with Valerie Mencius. And we're both longtime Society of Women Engineer members, or we call it SWE. Um, we're doing this podcast for the first time to kind of talk about different topics that have to do with being Asian or Asian American. And we thought that this is a good time to do it because uh, this month is Asian American Heritage Month. So we'll talk about a few things that you may relate to or not, um, but just kind of want to open this up as a uh, a forum for other people to share their experiences and um, maybe get to know each other a little better. So, hey, Val, are you there? Hi. Hi, Pearl. Hi. So, um, Val, uh, maybe we can start off by talking a little bit about our SWE involvement. Um, I know I've been in SWE for maybe about 15 years since college, and um, we both went to college together, so maybe you can tell a little bit about how you got involved with SWE, and then we'll talk about some other topics that have to do with us being Asian American. Yeah, so I first got into SWE in 2012 while I was in my junior, senior year at University of Hawaii, at Manoa, and somebody reached out to me as they were looking for volunteers for the WOW That's Engineering event. Hmm. Um, it was a yeah K-12 outreach, and basically they just needed volunteers to help host um, some grade school students learn about engineering. And uh, ever since then, a lot of uh, opportunities popped up for leadership and volunteering and outreach. Hmm. Good points. Yeah. When, I think when we first joined SWE, we might have been joining for reasons that, um, you know, concerns that we had as students. We were both students at the University of Hawaii at Manoa. Um, but as the years went on in SWE, like you said, there were a lot of different aspects of SWE that, that became important, like the leadership opportunities and things like that. So, yeah, good that you mentioned it. Um, maybe we'll talk a little bit about um, our Asian background. Um, I'm uh, probably third or fourth generation uh, Japanese American, meaning that my great grandparents came from Japan to Hawaii. Um, I'm not even sure what decade that was. Um, and then ever since then, my, my grandparents and my parents um, have lived in Hawaii and that's where I was born and raised as well. However, now I live in San Francisco, um, so um, but come home to Hawaii often. How about you, Val? So I'm first generation Filipino American. My parents are from the Philippines and they immigrated to Hawaii and that's where I was born and raised. But now, most recently, I've relocated to St. Louis, Missouri about two years ago. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah, so we both um, 
kind of live away now, but we're both still very active with the the Hawaii Sui um, sections. So isn't that cool? <laughs> yes, we get to work remotely, basically together. Uh, yeah, it's like really a big plus for us because um, otherwise we may not get to communicate very often because we get we all get so busy with our lives and our work and everything and with you in St. Louis, me in San Francisco, and then other friends of ours still in Honolulu or other parts of Hawaii. Um, yeah, it's really nice to be able to do remote things like this too. This is really fun. So maybe um, Val, just to kind of jump into it, uh, let me ask you some questions that maybe will lead to some conversation about us and um, experiences that might be kind of unique growing up as a, you know, as an Asian American or growing up with parents that came from different parts in, of Asia. And, um, and then, of course, you know, how that relates to being in STEM or in our case, in engineering and things like that. So maybe I'll just ask a question and then see where our conversation goes. Okay, great. So um, on the topic of Asian culture, we often hear like, you know, that kids of Asian families um, get encouraged to go into engineering or science or math. Um, and often, we're, you know, really pushed, <laughs> encouraged, strongly encouraged to really be very academically minded, you know, get good grades and, you know, perform well in school. Um, maybe you can tell us about an experience you had when maybe you didn't get the grades you were expecting or that your parents were expecting. And how did that affect you? Mm or maybe you always got good grades now. <laughs> <laughs> I in in I remember in elementary school I do remember always getting high marks. So I I don't even it, remember my parents being upset about anything like that and mm. it was to a point where they didn't even check I think because that's what they expected of me. Mhm. <laughs> But um, I do remember a time when um, I was in a history day competition. I was in the eighth grade. So this was in 2002. And I, I would like give up my recess and my lunch recesses to go to the library and work on my documentary that I was submitting for the oral history the competition for history day. I was so proud of it like I remember catching the bus like an hour it took an hour long to get to the state library we would dig through the archives you know this was before google <laughs> popped up <laughs> but we were like going through the reels and printing out newspaper articles uh, all this research I was doing and when it came to the state level competition I was a runner-up, so I got fourth place. And the awesome thing was, though, um, one of the groups in the first three places couldn't compete at the national level. So they offered me a spot to go and travel to 
go to Maryland to present my documentary at the at the National History Day competition and my mom was so proud. She she one day in the kitchen she told me, "Oh, aren't you going to tell your dad?" And when I did, I told him what happened. Like I get to travel to Maryland and it's all expenses paid. Like they don't have to pay for anything. And his response to me was, "Oh, fourth place that's it why didn't you get first place uh-huh <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it was you had to be at the top for everything and mm-hmm. regardless like even if i was going to a national competition representing hawaii mm-hmm. it was almost like uh it's not really a big deal because you weren't at the top <laughs> yeah uh yeah well do you thanks have for any similar experience with that gosh you know oh, sorry um, <laughs> yeah no yeah no that's, that's fine <laughs> we can switch it up um you know thinking back i don't think i had the same experiences like that as you did um it is kind of interesting because um like we were saying in the beginning our introductions um we are both Asians, but you know, your family is from the Philippines, mine is from Japan. Uh, and, and I have been, you know, my family has been living in Hawaii for some generations now. And then Hawaii during that period became a state. So, you know, I, in a way, have some different, uh, maybe more American influences also. And, and some of those expectations are kind of mixed in with the Asian, more typically Asian expectations. So yeah, I, I don't know that I had a similar experience as you, but I really, that thanks for sharing that because I bet that's very similar to a lot of other people's experiences. And that's, yeah, it's, um, it's quite interesting when we think back to those kind of formative years. I was thinking about also, um, did you follow like a kind of a typical timeline for going through school, like from high school into college and, you know, directly into engineering and things like that? Um, I'm just kind of thinking back to my path was very non-traditional I did go to college right after high school, which was the expectation of my my family, my parents. But I majored in art and English literature, which was kind of very accepted by my parents. But I know other like other kids in my my class were expected to go into something much more uh, like a more serious type of field. And when I decided to major in art and English, um, people would ask me, like all my friends who had Asian parents would ask me, like, what kind of job are you going to get? <laughs> you know, and I was like, I don't know. And then later I did find out like, oh, I, I can't really I wasn't able to really find a job easily um, with my degrees in in art and English. So then I went back to school. I was almost 30 by then. And that's when I went into engineering. 
was kind of wondering how your path looked like in your time frame. For my path and timeline, yeah, I did not graduate in four years. My parents were heavily pushing, like being a nurse or a doctor. I, I'm not really sure why, but I think a lot of other Filipino girls at my age were expected to, you know, go take it that path. And there's nothing wrong with that. But for me, I remember attending a biology class. Um, my, my first major was pre-medical studies. And I attended a general biology class. The first class I sat down and I, I, a lot of the things were just way over my head. And I could not grasp all these terms that the professor was talking about. And I remember walking out that day and thinking, I am not going back in there. So I just went on and completed the science and math portions. And I went to a counselor to talk about, you know, what major should I pick? And I let her know that I really liked math and science and she recommended engineering. So that's how I switched over to engineering. And of course that extended my um, college education. And so I really took seven years in college and then finally graduated with my mechanical engineering degree, bachelor's. Hmm. Did, did your parents have any like disappointment about, um, about your change in decision or the, the extra time that it took or anything? I don't think so. They, they, they did say things like, oh, so when are you going to graduate? But they just kept asking for an update and I would <laughs> try to deflect them by saying, oh, this class is full, so I have to take it next semester. <laughs> <laughs> you know how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, definitely the engineering coursework was really tough, so it wasn't like you could kind of pile on extra engineering classes and squeeze it into a semester. So mm -hmm. taking extra time was, yeah, for sure, like not, not that uncommon to add an extra year or so. I was also wondering about now that you're working, have you been, you know, finding that you have a lot of other colleagues that are Asian American or Asian and you know have you ever been in experiences where you're the only Asian or Asian American on the team or in a company and how does that kind of affect how you feel about your job as an engineer and and any other thoughts that you have on that back in Hawaii when I worked there of course, it was predominantly Asian for the most part, and I was not the only Asian American on my team or or even at an event or anything like that. But here in St. Louis, I, I am the only Filipino on my team or even Asian American on my team. And, and I don't feel any 
like mistreatment at all. It's it's not like that. But most of it, it's internal. I have an internal struggle. It's not like, oh, I'm Asian, so I'm not that I'm as I'm not good like everyone else or I'm not that good of an engineer. It's more of like, am I speaking correctly? Like, did I, <laughs> am I talking loud enough? Or, you know, a lot of my coworkers and I look up to them, they very outspoken and very articulate when they're explaining their technical answers and things like that. And I'm second guessing myself just because I think like, oh, um, maybe my English isn't as good as them. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, I totally get that. I think a lot of people feel that way, um, especially as women, too. We're always kind of told a lot of things about being more assertive or speaking up more in meetings. And I think it's kind of a double whammy being an Asian woman in like a, a tech field, right? I remember feeling like in Hawaii, um, maybe a lot of people don't know if you don't know Hawaii, but like Val said, it's predominantly Asian culture here in Hawaii. So um, when growing up and going to school and then even working as an engineer in Hawaii, it felt like I was maybe one of the loudest persons in the room. <laughs> like I would laugh really loud or I would give my opinion. I thought pretty readily I would chime in or, um, you know, people would give me a chance to respond to things. Um, and then working anywhere on the continental states and I've you know, worked in a few different places. I worked in Arizona for a while as an engineer and and in different parts of California and now, you know, in the Bay Area, California. Um, it's totally the opposite. Like, I even get feedback from, from managers saying that I should speak up more or, you know, um, be more vocal in meetings and I, I just feel like, oh, I thought I, I thought I was doing a good job with that, but I guess I have to step it up even more. Um, and, and yeah, it's, it's really a kind of different culture, even the way that we speak, right? I mean, it's always like our local kind of um, Hawaii dialect kind of creeps in sometimes and I get insecure about it like oh it makes me sound less intelligent so I I think that I have to try to hide it but in Hawaii it's the opposite right like if you speak like a local person then you'll get more respect and so I I just let it out <laughs> in Hawaii <laughs> it's like kind of learning a whole different culture even though Hawaii is part of the United States but our Asian culture has kind of come out a lot more in Hawaii than, than I think we're comfortable with in other places in the United States. That's funny that you mentioned that. Um, that was another thing that I had to learn here at my job. Um, they have those like local sayings. Or, you know, I don't even know if it's oh, local. Yeah. I'm still learning it. Like They use terms like, oh, wheeling and dealing, and that's not in our wheelhouse, and there are so many things that they say I have to ask for a translation, even though they're speaking it in English. But it's just like oh. these little colloquial sayings, you know. 
Yeah, yeah, that's true. It is like learning new、um, phrases and then also kind of checking, like, if we say something in Hawaii, just checking, like, wait, do other people understand that or is that only in Hawaii? <laughs> or, like, is that a Japanese word or is that a Filipino word or is that a, a regular word that I can use here in this meeting? <laughs> Yeah, it's it's kind of always doing a little double check. And and sometimes I think that little mental double check might take a couple seconds and seem like, oh, that person, like, she's hesitating. But it's more like we know what we want to say, but we just have to make sure that we're using the right words or the right,、yeah. even the right voice inflection. I remember when I was going to school on the East Coast. Um, I, I was there with a couple other Hawaii students too.、Um, both of them, like, of,、uh, I think all of us were of Asian backgrounds too.、Um, and so, like, other people would tell us, oh, your, your voice goes up and down like you're singing a song. And I thought, oh, I don't want to sound like I'm singing a song, but I guess that. In Hawaii, our English is a little bit、um, kind of a mesh of a lot of different languages, or I don't know.、Um, it just is, has a different、um, kind of pattern. And it's not really an accent, but it is a different kind of phrasing. So it sounds a little different to people. I was thinking, Val, maybe do you have any advice that we could close on?、Um, Just to give, like, maybe some advice to other fellow Asian engineers or Asian American engineers,、um, since it is Asian Pacific Heritage Month, and we can leave them with a little parting note. I would say to fellow Asian American engineers, really embrace your unique character and what you bring to the table. Don't be afraid about. Feeling like you're singled out or different. If anything, people want to get to know you and they value who you are and what you bring to the table and, you, and your, your unique perspective. So there's no really competition against other people or disparities against different you know, cultural backgrounds. I mean, yeah, I guess that could happen, but I really believe that. Most of it is internal and how you view yourself and how you you know, want to portray yourself amongst the rest of your colleagues.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good note to end on that, that we do have a lot of control over a lot of factors of how we feel and how we're putting ourselves out there. And Just with more conversations like this, hopefully other people can get to know us better. And maybe some of those stereotypes that do play into things that, that might lead to some dim- discrimination or you know, unfair treatment, maybe those conversations can start happening more frequently to, to break those barriers down. Yeah, you know, you're right.、Um... 
Pearl, I wanted to mention that we did a, there's a group of us that we applied for the SWE Affinity Group to create an Asian connection group so that, you know, we can continue this conversation and connect with other people who maybe have similar struggles and we can talk about how we overcame them and, you know, we can look to each other to raise each other up. Yeah, that would be great. This, I think, is a good start. And other people hopefully can share their stories, too, and feel more comfortable speaking up about things that they're experiencing. And I'm sure there's a lot of similarities. And I'm, I'm sure also there's a lot of different scenarios that people experience that they may want to share. So great. Thanks, Val. Um, I think we'll end it there. But Hopefully, this is the start of a lot of interesting conversations that can go forward and, and celebrate people's diversity. Thanks, Val. Thank you, Pearl. It's good talking to you. Yeah, great talking to you, too. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Please don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes or like your favorite episodes on SoundCloud. If you have not already made plans to be part of the largest gathering of women engineers in the world, visit our WE18 conference site, we18.swe.org. Information on housing, registration, and keynote speakers is now available. 